0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Psychosocial Distancing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Chadbourne, with me, as always, is Thomas Brooks. Hello, uh, hello. We're in high definition today. Yeah, we have new equipment. Mm-hmm. We are coming quasi-live, live from a hotel room in Albuquerque. We are, and we are not here because we're in limbo. We're here for NBA. Yeah, so Rocky Mountain Psych Association, we're going to be doing a bunch of interviews that will be kind of coming down the pipeline um, on the channel and uh, some other stuff. But that's not why we're here, no, we're here to get our smell goods on. Let's talk about some good old fashioned pseudoscience the nicest smelling pseudoscience, yes, it does not seem i mean some of the some of it smells terrible, yeah, but we're here to talk about aromatherapy and essential oils, yeah, which I think we were expecting something as crazy or as off the wall as like the history of chiropractic. Or um, I, I do have two videos that I, I will post. They're from um, uh, a guy on YouTube who does some kind of like a uh, skeptic discussion. And um, he almost came really close. So he's got all the materials to joining uh, Young Living mm. Essential Oils. And so he's got a video on like how he almost joined them. And then a video kind of talking about the history. And they have this really... A kind of interwoven web in their history with um um like kind of like, um, I mean, some people might call them a cult mm-hmm. because they're very religiously oriented, but it's not like quite Christianity, but it's kind of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so we end up with this sort of like, we've created our own religion around essential oils <laughs> is kind of what it's come down to. So, I mean, I feel like, and we've had this discussion before with cults, is that MLMs pretty much are, like, late capitalist cults. Mm -hmm. Um, And it does help if you're pseudo-Christianity, because there's, like, some level of familiarity that the followers have. Mm -hmm. So they feel like they're in on the doctrine, but there is still more to learn. Um, So it's kind of like a a convert to, like, Latter-day Saints, in a way. Not that I'm calling them on calling them a cult there's lots of people from utah here yeah at rmpa um not a cult but it does help if you have some sort of foundation and a theology that then you build off of in order to like make people feel special about what they're doing yeah I'll, I'll talk a little bit about some of the like recent stuff being written um because this i think also ties into kind of like the, the pseudo-psychology or at least maybe the actual psychology behind like how mlms form um, or how we end up with these situations where, like, you have these, like, you know, this sort of top-down approach where there's a couple of people at the top, and it gets more and more in some sort of like triangular shape. Mm. Um, but we can't call it that. We can't call it a pyramid scheme, right? Um, it's just a triangular strategy. Yes. Okay. Um, and uh, but but there's been um, there's this 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 great piece from Vox uh, from two years ago at this point on how MLMs using the coronavirus recruit new sellers mm, and, right that makes sense and this and especially with things like essential oils and um and and not just like other things so like we can also talk about like you know leggings and diet shakes and mm-hmm. Mary Kay, and but but essential oils are like this like crux of like well yeah you can use this to like fend off coronavirus <gasps> and, you can use this to help cure uh, coronavirus and things like that. We're, we're already like, well, we we're, weren't monetized anyway, but we're already flagged. Right, uh, this one's gonna be flagged.
1: But um, uh, yeah,
0: that. Um, speaking of MLMs, did you see who might be going down? No, Taboola. Really? Yeah. No, they put out a letter that said that uh, they're very close to brank- bankruptcy uh, this week. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, but wait, like, I'm like, nope, that's Rubbermaid, and they do it legit through Walmart. Mm-hmm. No, but, like, their uh, Tupperware parties were a big deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, which is basically an MLM. Mm-hmm. I nearly got recruited into one. I don't know, just like, the, as a tangent before we get into this, when I worked at Blockbuster way back in the day, um, we had a regular customer who came in who was like, like, hey, you know, like, like, you're really good, you know, because I mean, we had to do a lot of upselling and a lot of customer service stuff. And, um, they tried to recruit me for some event. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I looked it up. And I would have been like, selling products door to door, you know, basically like modern day drop shipping is really what it is. Like, mm-hmm. what, what that side of it's become. It was basically Amway. Oh, okay. And, yeah, I almost got recruited into Amway. Yeah. And, uh, no, I realized what it was and was just like,
1: no. No, I think I'll keep
0: my job at Blockbuster. <laughs> um because at least I knew how much I'd be making every month or every right. week, you know. Um so it wasn't it wasn't variable. Right. Um, and that's kind of why uh they're so attractive, particularly why they go after like housewives to work for these MLMs is because they do have like uh a stable salary typically. Yeah. And so the housewife can sell a Rubbermaid or uh, Avon or Mary Kay or Amway or whatever, and pick up some extra money on the side. Yeah, and some of them—I mean, I would say some of them aren't too bad with the upfront costs. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it really depends on who's running it, what their what their upfront—you know, like how much is it for the box to start? And some of these companies are. You know pay hundreds of hundreds of dollars to get this box up front and if you actually go look at their um their output um the average person is making like 15 bucks you know a year uh, um and that does not include <laughs> the upfront costs or right. even if it does include the upfront cost so okay sure you might be making 600 bucks a year but it costs you 575 bucks for, uh, for the box to start with and so you're really breaking even when it comes down to it because it doesn't include time and energy and effort Mm -hmm. the hours that you have to put in trying to recruit more people Mm -hmm. to work underneath you
1: yeah Hmm.
0: so essential oils are definitely like prime pickings for mlms but it hasn't always been this way um Essential oils uh, have, like most things we've talked about, a very, very long history. So, people have been making essential oils for centuries. Um, But they didn't necessarily start as a uh, medicinal product Mm -hmm. until World War II, and it was the French, because, of course, the French, um, when it was used as an antiseptic for French soldiers in uh, World War II. And so, that's kind of where where it got its first start um in the united states uh since world war ii they've slowly picked up in popularity over time um the fda does regulate quote-unquote therapeutic oils but there are no regulations for cosmetic oils and so uh and then the ftc regulates uh advertising claims on the bottles of these essential oils and so when you go out and buy a bottle of essential oil if you buy a cosmetic oil for like fragrance or whatever, that's not going to be regulated. Um, but if you buy, quote unquote, a therapeutic oil that will be regulated and then none of the bottles should say anything about like this will make you grow your hair back or this will increase your libido or this will cure your COVID or anything like that. Well, they, but the, the bottles don't say that the marketers the sellers Mm -hmm. are the ones that are making all those claims the youtubers the bloggers um typically the companies unless they are an mlm Mm -hmm. aren't gonna say that um but the people that are like sponsored by them or the people that like have bought into it will sell will tell you to like do that stuff it's very similar to uh Well, we talked about with vitamins. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the advertising for uh, essential oils is word of mouth within small social groups. And so it's because your aunt told you to go buy lemon oil or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Therapeutic grade. You may see that on some of the bottles. That's meaningless. That's not a regulated term. (laughs) And then uh, there's no way to assess the quality of the oils either. And there's really shady stuff about like being able like it's very flexible in terms of like what's in the bottle you bought Mm -hmm. in terms of regulation. And so there is no like quality assurance when you purchase these items. Um a lot of the crazier pseudoscience stuff like we talked about relates to like curing COVID, keeping you from getting the flu, things like that. Um there isn't any evidence currently for uh, medicinal use or curative use with essential oils Um, there is some evidence of reducing anxiety and depression of cancer patients and then there is some evidence for pain management for women who are in labor post-op nausea dementia and cancer symptom relief but this is highly mixed research and still ongoing and the methodology is not great And so there are some, like, little bitty studies that pop up here and there that, like, give some credence to the idea that this could be helpful. Um, But there isn't really any, like, solid evidence for, like, pain management with essential oils beyond just mood improvement. Which mood improvement makes sense to me, right? So if you uh, can associate particular smells or have already associated particular smells with particular moods, then the smell just ends up being a cue like a serotonin dump at that point, right, right, and that makes a lot of sense. Especially also like like with with the the efficacy behind maybe it reducing some anxiety or or some of those like depressive symptoms, putting you in a calmer, less neurotic state. Mm -hmm. um, You know, we're talking about I guess state neuroticism. Mm -hmm. Um, That yeah, I mean, it sounds like it should help. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that I came across does kind of argue that some of it, like there, there may be some efficacy behind certain oils, but mm-hmm. most in the same way that there's efficacy around like certain vitamins within dosage or within particular use. That that you have to be using it correctly. You have to be, you know, if it's, it's topical ointment, like there's there's some things that. It's that kernel of truth mm-hmm. behind all of these things that we're kind of talking about is is that the, it's there, but it's not nearly as like overblown as as the people selling it are mm-hmm. trying to make it seem. Right, and even John Hopkins uh, notes that it can be helpful for anxiety, depression, nausea, insomnia, low appetite, and dry mouth. Um, but it can be helpful for so it's like a supplement. Like, <laughs> make sure you are like seeing therapy. Right. The lavender oil is not going to hurt you. It could be helpful. Yeah. But you'll have to wait and see. Now, I will say that, um, there is, uh, with lavender oil, they have found, uh, gynecomastia, gynecomastia, and prepubescent boys related to lavender oil where they're growing, uh, breasts. And so there's like a handful of case studies of them linking lavender oil to prepubescent boys. So, like, don't like, give your six-year-old lavender oil because he might grow breasts but beyond that there really hasn't been too terribly much in terms of safety issues um so there's that um don't drink it um yeah don't drink it make sure you undilute it um within another either through a vaporizer or in another sort of like uh oil so that way you don't get irritants I learned that the hard way when I put cinnamon in the bathtub. Once. Oh, no. Yeah. That was not a good time. And I mean, are they are they looking at, like, these, these potential negative side effects with, like, like a topical application? So, like, like, if you diffuse it, if you, you know, like, like, let's say, like, in, like, a seven-year-old prepubescent boy inhaling diffused lavender oil. I think you would have to do the, as a body oil. Yeah. Or a rub. And then you, like, rub the like if it was a vix or something on their chest mm-hmm. I, that's from what i understood that's where that came from yeah and my my understanding of of some of like how like some of these facebook groups and how some of the, these these groups that promote it so it is like you know you're learning from your aunt you're learning mm-hmm. from you know the the lady down the street who who uses this like these groups are kind of promoting that um there there is a lot of like you know oh, a couple of drops on their chest or you know, you know, put them drop under their nose or something like that, where like it's it's undiluted, it's like kind of a full mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always dilute it. Yeah. From what I understand. Um I think the only other, like, big safety concern was if you're taking blood thinners, don't put any oils that have menthol in it. Because okay. it will make you bleed. Okay. And I was like, okay, so don't do peppermint while you're on blood thinners. Don't do lavender before you're like 14, 15 mm-hmm. dilute it. Don't drink it. Yeah. Um, and then there are some issues around allergic reactions too, that John Hopkins reported. Um, and they said that the most common ones, they said that pretty much all of them you could like find out that you're allergic to. Um, but the most common ones for people to be allergic to are oregano, cinnamon, Jasmine, lemongrass, ylang, yolang, chamomile, and bergamot okay and that the best ones to use in terms of like where the research is heading is lavender tea tree peppermint and lemon
1: okay
0: and i was like cool right on yeah i mean I that's much of what i found was either like the don't do this stuff um there does again there seems to be some odd beliefs in some of the creators of some of these um Essential oil companies, mostly the MLM mm-hmm. companies, and it's not really that the oil themselves are the issue. It's the pseudoscientific beliefs or it's the um uh almost, you know, is it a cult, isn't it a cult kind of beliefs of uh, some of the creators or the founders mm-hmm. of this. So, like a good example, and then I'll, I'll post uh, some links is uh, Young Living has this sort of odd history with its founder and how they treat the founder and how they treat information in the system. Um, The MLM itself is very, like, we will excommunicate you if you're not, you know, like, doing the right thing or if you want to say anything against us, like, you're out. Um, There's information control. So there is this, like, it's a little cult. Yeah, some people have made an argument the other big thing is, is that like because these are MLMs, the main goal, if you are like thinking about selling something like this, isn't to make you money. Mm-hmm. It's to make the people at the higher end of the the chain money, and you know the actual amount of money that the average rank and person's making, and and that a lot of that could even be seen. I went and found some information on like the price mm-hmm. of some of these, and so like the, this might be a, a year, you know, a couple years old, but at the time. Um. So non MLM prices. So there's uh, Rocky Mountain Oils, they're non MLM company. They sell 15 milliliters of lemon oil for 11.95. Mm-hmm. Um, Eden's Garden, they do 10 milliliters, but like an estimate would be about 10.50 for 15 milliliters. Uh, but if you look at like Duterra and Young Living, duterra's is 14.67, and Young Living is 15.79. So mm-hmm. we're looking at like a significant price bump. Um, and again, that upcharge is, is to, again, like it's, it's, and there's no real difference between, there's no, they can claim that they have pure oils or that theirs are like therapy grade. Well, we also don't know what's in any of them ever. Um, but that's something that, uh, John Hopkins suggested. Like they gave a list of like how to purchase, like be a quote unquote smart consumer as they're trying to take advantage of you. Um, and one of them is expensive oils should be expensive. Yeah. And so if it's a cheap oil, so if it's like lemon or orange or cinnamon, those are cheap oils that you can get and that they should be cheap. But if it's something like Rose Absolute or Sandalwood, mm-hmm. if you're buying it cheap, you're probably not buying that essential oil well, it's like it's the same process if you're going out and buying spices right mm-hmm. you know you're gonna buy some like garlic powder at like walmart for 97 cents like that yeah okay it's probably that's mm-hmm. probably fine that's garlic yeah or you know you're gonna go buy some black pepper for a couple you know a buck or two you're fine um but if they're like hey we have this like saffron mm-hmm. or um you know stuff that like or vanilla bean for, like, five bucks. You're like,
1: oh. Yeah. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, you can even see the difference in, like, the vanilla extract versus, like, the real stuff versus mm-hmm. the, the imitation. Which, you yeah, know, if you're going to cook with it, fine. But, like, understand, like, Im- imitation is going to cost you a couple of bucks. Whereas the pure stuff mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, several times higher. And it's just because it's, it's rarer. It, it takes mm-hmm. more time and more effort and more energy to make that. And so you should expect to see the same thing. Cooking pro tip. If you're baking, use the uh, imitation. If you're not baking the thing, like if it's a cold dessert or a pudding or something, use the bean. It's kind of the same thing with like fresh herbs. If you're mm-hmm. adding them before the very end, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like it, it's all gonna get kind of cooked down anyway. But if you're adding it like as a garnish on the top, fresh is best. Yeah. If you're um, doing like an ice cream, yeah, do the bean. Yeah. <laughs> if you're making cookies, just spend the couple bucks and do though uh imitation and, and stuff like that is like good kind of skeptical thinking like if you're if you're going to buy something like if it seems too cheap to be true mm-hmm. it is probably too cheap to be true mm-hmm. um and if it's more expensive to be true then it probably is like paying 15 bucks for what is it lemon you said lemon oil yeah yeah you can make lemon oil mm-hmm <laughs> And I mean, like even like even the non MLMs, it's like 10 bucks mm-hmm. for 15, 15, milliliters. So we're not talking about a large amount, um, but there may be other stuff that goes into. I mean, I don't know what it takes to make lemon oil,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: but, you know, that, that that is, you know, we're looking at like a five dollar price difference, four or five dollar price difference, which, you know, much in the same way, like it, is this just like a generic and an upcharge thing? And That could could be what we're dealing with here um but yeah there's no sense it's like you know if, if this Tylenol on the shelf costs you 10 bucks and someone else is telling you the same acetaminophen
1: <laughs> for
0: 20 bucks right um why mm-hmm. there, there's something fishy going on um and i would say the same thing if we're talking about acetaminophen like we're talking about something that is just off the counter or that has efficacy behind it um why are they charging so much what's going on here um, and then again, the same for the people who are selling this, mm-hmm. so, you know, the people getting kind of trapped in these, these MLMs where they're, they're spending and they're constantly being pushed by the people over them to spend and spend and spend. We should do a, we should do an episode on like the psychology behind like the behavior of an MLM because mm-hmm. there definitely is a lot of like, there's a lot of peer pressure aspects. There's a lot of conforming processes there's a lot of like social psych mm-hmm. that goes in to um the sunken cost fallacy oh yeah huge huge aspect of that mm-hmm. um and i guess we're talking about this because like there really isn't again anything to like overall the oils seem fine like the oils intuitive like intuitively you know that they're not going to cure cancer but if lavender oil makes you feel better when you come home and diffuse it after your chemo treatment, great. Yeah, there's no problem with that. Mm-hmm. And and like, I mean, again, there's a pseudo there's there's the pseudoscience claim of it can help with your cancer treatment. Right. But, though, I mean, to give them some credit, you know, if you are you know, if you are feeling better mm-hmm. and you have a more positive like mood state and you're not stressed out. It may actually help you in the long run. I mean, Mm -hmm. we we do have some evidence to suggest that things like, um, you know, having having again more healthy mood state, being more positive, being happier, um, does have better outcomes with medical treatments. Mm -hmm. um, But it's not curing, right? The yeah, the oil isn't doing anything beyond just like triggering mood states, right? Um, I do have some other. how to purchase tips from john hopkins that i thought were interesting yeah yeah i think if we're talking about something that that again a face value doesn't seem to be an issue talking about purchasing it or what i've got is like avoid the tox toxicity aspect of it like too much of it mm-hmm. can be very harmful um but uh yeah yeah um so on labels they say to only buy them if they have the Latin name listed. Ooh, okay. That they list all other ingredients, that they, and they also tell you the country that the plant was grown in. Oh. So if they can tell you those three things, it's probably reputable. Um, they also say the older the company, the better. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, make sure that you're only buying stuff from dark colored glass containers, either brown or blue. Uh, because if it's an actual essential oil, then it will melt plastic over time. Oh. So it shouldn't be plastic. Yeah. If it's plastic, it's, you're not buying what you think you're buying. And do you want it dark? Because like, like sunlight would probably like Mm -hmm. have an effect breaking it down. So the blue, uh, will filter out blue light um mm-hmm. or filter out some of the light uh and then like the dark brown the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you want a dark colored glass container. Um avoid fra- quote unquote fragrance oils. Mm. Cuz that's part of the non-regulated aspect of this cuz it's cosmetic. Mm-hmm. And then like I said expensive oil should be expensive. Yeah. Um but that's what they suggest um in terms of trying to purchase which pretty much like with the multivitamins like cuts Walmart out. <laughs> They they do meet the uh, dark glass jar criteria, but I don't think they list the Latin names or the origin of the plant. I mean, you know, like, again, if it's like generic, are they spending that extra money? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they really concerned about that? They're probably more concerned about being something with a basic label on it. Who's going to buy the Latin name? Mm -hmm. We don't understand the Latin name. I just want it to say lavender oil. Right. Yeah. So those are the tips from John Hopkins on how to purchase. Um I did see, and let me know what your thoughts are on this one because I find this very interesting. Um, so we mentioned at the top that uh people were trying to use it to cure their COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, I did see some people who were trying to regain their sense of smell with it. And so what they would do is they would like set out a bunch of different oils on the counter. And then they would try to reassociate the oil fragrance with, uh, like, the label of the smell. And they would do that every day and try to, like, build a cognitive pairing between the smell and what the name of the smell is. Which I thought was very interesting. I didn't see how it turned out. Um, But I was like, hmm, this seems logical. But if you've lost your sense of smell are you even smelling it to begin with Mm -hmm. like if if, like there's some disruption between the connection between your olfactory bulb and the rest of your brain Mm -hmm. um you're not even like recognizing the smell um now maybe you are maybe your brain's not like putting two and two together right no that was my thought was like is the sense still there but the perception of the sense is not there and you're like if you're if the perception of the sensation is the thing that's like gone haywire i think that's maybe a smart idea yeah if that's the case i i also wonder if, if part of this or at least like people who may come out positive with this might just be sort of um uh not not confirmation bias but but just like kind of coincidence mm-hmm. so your smells out for two weeks After a week, you start doing this, and then after another week, your smell comes back, and you've been doing this for a week, and so it kind of seems that it had an effect. Right. That it was able to do it, but, and that's kind of one of those things, because, I mean, there are examples of people who have, like, lost their sense of smell or lost their sense of taste for months, Mm -hmm. a year, and if you've been doing this every day, and then suddenly it comes back, well was it that or was it like finally mm-hmm. these effects are starting to like wear off these long covid effects um i don't know um but i mean you know i would say that there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with maybe like smelling a little bit of those oils every day in hope that like it picks something up mm-hmm. and so that way you can start getting an idea of like Ooh, wait i got some of that i caught i caught a bit of that mm-hmm. and so now now i um now I can smell mm-hmm. or like I'm starting to smell the stronger sense, but not the weaker sense. And so I know that it's coming back. And so mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of just test your smell every day instead of just like hoping it comes back. because how often do we like consciously smell stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you're cooking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, cause I know also the taste is disrupted as well, but you're not doing the same thing with tastes mm-hmm. or with foods. And maybe they are, or maybe, yeah. you know, but, i don't know as far as i know nobody's come out with any like controlled trial studies about this so um it's just been like youtubers um right and so i was like oh this is in the realm of speculation that seems interesting depending on like where the like valve cutoff is and like people's smell right if it's a sensation issue then that's not going to help you at all right But but if it's a perception issue then it could help by like reinforcing that like top-down process so mm-hmm. like you expect to smell cinnamon so then that perception can then start searching for right. the sensations of cinnamon i was like that's right on it, it, it seems logical it seems like it can't hurt mm-hmm. and they weren't sponsoring for any particular essential oils so right. it was just like get something that smells strongly of this mm-hmm. and that, that that does the same trick as buying like lemon (laughs) oil. Right, yeah. They weren't, like, trying to, like, get you to buy a particular brand of essential oil for your COVID loss of smell. So I was like, okay, this seems like an interesting little case study. Someone should run a study on that. Yeah. You'd have to find enough people with, like, the sensory Mm -hmm. issue, which, like... I feel like the study would, like, expose you to COVID. Yeah. Definitely. Probably. I'd be worried about it
1: right
0: So third time's the charm. <laughs> um yeah, the one thing that I found that that was kind of an uh, an issue with this is um basically the the toxic nature of some of these oils. Again, if there's if they're not checking what's in them, if there's not an issue, um, or if that they're not again, they're not regulated. Um, and, and really the idea of like, what, what really promotes a lot of this stuff is that whole like, well, it's natural. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I love repeating the, what is natural is not safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, arsenic is natural. We've talked about, you know, that with, uh, um, you know, the homeopathic Mm -hmm. uh, treatments, you know, like, yeah, it is all natural homeopathy or homeopathy, but it's, um, it's not good for you. You shouldn't consume any of it um Nature and, is a cruel mistress. Yeah, and you know if you're using it for yourself and you're a healthy adult, it's probably not going to have as big of an effect on like the people who are using this on the elderly mm-hmm. or their kids or their pets. Ah! <laughs> and and that actually becomes an issue. Um, there was a report that was done. I think it was like in twenty twenty sixteen. That noted, between 2011 and 2015, reports of toxic exposures to essential oils, such as tea tree oil, mm-hmm. uh, doubled the The center for, um, I think it was a poison control center. Um, and it was even more alarming that four out of every five of these cases were children. Uh. So, between 2011 and 2015, and, and odds are these numbers have only increased with the popularity of essential oils. Mm-hmm. Um, they have increased. And... Poison reports have increased, um, and the vast majority of them are children. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are like kids who are like consuming it. Right. Because they don't know better. They're right. young. It smells good. Yes. It smells good, tastes good. Go for it. Um, it says that these oils, which are derived from plants and used in aromatic and homeopathic products, and so this also ties into our homeopathy uh, discussion uh, before, um, they cause harm when consumed, and children face a heightened risk from exposure, the experts said. Uh, quote, the rule of thumb in toxology is the dose makes the poison, so all essential oils are potentially harmful. Mm-hmm. Because they're all non diluted high dose. Right. Uh and so if someone gets their hands on it, um and this comes from Dr. Justin Loden, a certified specialist at Vanderbilt, uh, medical center's Tennessee Poison Center. Ooh. So, yeah, like there's a huge concern with that. And again, like it's it's about responsible use. And again, probably like shouldn't again like i I see like we've talked about this before. i see the reason why like a parent might you know try to find an alternative treatment instead of taking their kid to the doctor Mm -hmm. but at some point kid needs a doctor right and like i don't know it's not terribly intuitive medical treatment either like it's kind of you know like with the essential oils and the vitamins and the homeopathy and the like chiropractic like those are all like intuitive like early sciences in my opinion Mm -hmm. like the step before that was like leeches and like eat the food that like looks like the thing that hurts rule and so like it's highly intuitive but now we're at a point where it's no longer intuitive yeah um it reminds me of one of our students is is presenting a poster this weekend on like the like non medical, non medically sanctioned remedies of people in northern New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And she found that people were eating Vicks. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why are you eating Vicks? <laughs> Do not consume Vicks. Yeah. Don't consume your essential oils either. Yeah. um I mean, maybe with the essential oils, like at its base level, it probably kind of goes back again to like, you know, the. the the fringe or the hedge witch or the 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 person at kind of the outskirts of town who would take herbs and I mean, like your early shaman and stuff like that it would take herbs and would mix them or or maybe like create a concoction but again they would dilute mm-hmm. but we've gotten away from that we've gotten away from like having like the local healer we have a doctor now mm-hmm. and so not trained in these things right and to be fair neither is anyone on that facebook group mm-hmm. neither are i mean maybe the people who kind of create some of these mlms and these companies may have had some experience but really when you look at their history like no no not always not, like, not, you don't have to be they have a lavender farm yeah. so they they're really invested in like selling lavender oil yeah no it's uh and i think the thing with like essential oils though because this didn't get start this wasn't used as a medical product until world war ii um it's probably like the hedge which was using teas and salves and stuff like that so like those aren't even concentrated ingredients at that point um they're like whole ingredients seeped in water well do you want some i guess no no pun intended some uh some interesting uh, tea oh, on the uh <laughs> give me the tea the tea oil the tea tree oil uh, yeah, so um someone apparently spilt the uh tea tree oil oh um so I was trying to look for something like and I guess we could talk about like the kind of like quasi religious origins of like young living et cetera et cetera and i like think there are better people who have done that on the internet um but i want to highlight uh this this is this is from uh february last year mhm and um in august 2021 influencer madison Vinning basically said that she was quitting young living madison Vinning was at the royal crown diamond level she made on um sellers with that status make on average a 1.6 million dollars annually mm. so like hundred and thirty five hundred and forty thousand dollars a month, right, so she is at like the top of the triangular structure um and to her how many are they? it's her happy oilers that's her Instagram following she has two hundred and fifty thousand followers um her young oh her young yeah her young living team um she quit, huh, so she quit young living and it shocked people like people within that community like wait a second what's going on here why is she quitting what's happening here so for months she kept her reasons uh for quitting um vague um but she began to spill the tea on social media according to this uh buzzfeed's news article Mm, real journalism um well it's the news section it's like the news research section not like normal (laughs) (laughs) Buzzfeed. But, um, yeah, one of the reasons she gave for leaving it, do you want to just take a guess as, like, why she left Young Living? Did she see the light? Did Mm. she she realize like it was all sugar water? Hmm. I mean, now that you say sugar water, I'm thinking she left because it's a scam and that the real path is homeopathy? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no, it's because of Satan. Oh. Yes. Um. Uh, several women in in the young living kind of marketing um has said that 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 uh, it has been taken over essential oil m l m young living has been taken over by satan oh um one former seller went as far as labeling the company a cult in an instagram story. Truett led the charge on the oily satanic panic um posting her series of stories um and said that they were um spreading demonic propaganda through a new age self-help book that was sent to their members earlier in the year Hmm. and she urged christians still working for young living to free or risk uh, to flee or risk their souls wow so like maybe they just like pushed the kind of quasi-religious aspect because i I do know like like that's part of like young living has this kind of like underlying self-help quasi-religious aspect to it Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe like it diverted enough, nah, people don't have logical theology though like there's some this seems like a cover, this seems like something went down. She learned something scary about the m l m structure itself, or like she realized that even though she's making this much money that like she's capped or Like, she could be making, like, five times as much of this, but because of the cut that happens above her, she can't make that money. And instead of, like, sell out the company and, like, this is why they do bad business practices, like, she has to do, like, jump through a hoop and call it satanic so no one will take her seriously. Well, it does seem that the book was not published by Young Women. It was published by one of their other top sellers. Mm. So there might be some like kind of like, well, if if Young Living is letting this happen and not bumping this top seller off, well, I'm going to leave and start my own company or I'm going to leave and do my own thing. Yeah, this seems yeah. like a money move. This doesn't seem like an actual like satanic panic. Well, I mean, satanic panics are money moves. So. Yeah. So so just to add, because like there is some stuff in this article and I'll, I'll link this article. It was founded by D. Gary Young. And he was a, a Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints member. So, ah. Yeah. So um, he he successfully blended, this is quote, he successfully blended his own devout faith with a lifelong passion for alternative remedies. So, yeah. Yeah, after his death in 2018, his wife uh, wrote that her husband's desire to spread the gospel of essential oils was closely tied to his faith, writing, quote, God was his foundation. So, like, it's just so much, like, it's already, like, highly overlapped in Christianity. So, it's going to, like, pull Christians into it because Mm -hmm. they're already kind of using the same language. And then if someone writes a self-help book that, like, kind of deviates a little bit from that. Or, again, this is another top seller that you want to bump off because you want their customers. Or Mm -hmm. you want their, you want the people underneath them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, that's probably the wildest stuff that i found it's just the normal like inter business drama amongst Mm -hmm. people just trying to scrape their you know like claw their way to the top in this and so you have these like intense personalities people trying to self-publish um and then sort of fighting with that yeah because they want to they want to avoid toxic western medicine um damn yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff, um, is, uh, there, there's some, there's some other iffy stuff. Um, Vinning and another young living seller made it a goal to get young in 2017 to get young living oils into a school in Uganda that was founded by an American evangelical Christian ministry. That the plan was a calling from God to get these, like, Ugandan students to, like, start using essential oils.
1: Yep what yep okay
0: like this is where we start getting into the realm of stuff where like like normally i can like detach like like the religious belief from like Mm -hmm. what they're marketing but um with some of these it's very different uh yeah it's very intertwined Yep. Mm -hmm. okay so don't eat it don't go to an mlm yeah and don't think it's going to cure anything yeah but again it could calm me down could calm me down if you build that association with it mm-hmm. so right on cool yeah so not as terrible as i thought no like i think i don't know what was some of the worst ones like at chiropractic at the far end way worse than this although this one does give me like christian colonial vibes i I do want to get my hand on this book now. Mm -hmm. Um, The book called My Word Made Flesh. Uh, The, uh, quote, demonic elements of the book that were claimed include encouraging people to basically seance with oils. Mm. And telling them to repeat, quote, I am the resurrection and the life of my lineage.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah and so it really upset like the Christian wing, which is like all right. of young living um yeah really really interesting i mean I don't know i'd like to I'd like to delve into that more, but like i don't, I don't know I'm good i think <laughs> a hour long podcast is enough for me with a central Oilers. yeah yeah so i I guess with that we can we can move into something i'd say maybe a little more positive, but um i'll bring it back to suffering i promise yeah well i've got something i've got something to kind of like scratch your like i want something off the wall itch if like i haven't yet with the the demonic young living book okay um our ask psychology question of the week and so this is the bonus one because i I really don't think i think i know what your answer is going to be it's gonna be like what um so this was from 20 hours ago. Okay. Some psychoanalysts uh, or some psychoanalysis link. Uh, again, spelling. Spelling is just at the bare minimum. Um, some psychoanalysts or psychoanalysis links ejaculation to spitting. Where can I find more details on this? I uh, read about this accidentally and found it very interesting, but the details are extremely scarce i think is it to spitting yeah like i mean okay what right but also i can i get a vibe from this that there may be some sort of like expulsive tendency around like the psychosexual stages relating both of these together maybe there's like a disruption in both the oral stage and the genital stage. And, like, you were given free reign without any, like, constraints. So the superego wasn't able to develop. And so, like, there's this expulsive element where, like, you need to, you are compulsed or need to, like, spit spit, or just ejaculate. On yeah, like, like the, the, the people who can't help it, like, spit, spit on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And, like, just can't, like, you know, yeah. you know, not spit in public mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure frey would have a lot to say about like tobacco chewers and their oral fixations mm-hmm. um well, it would be yeah, yeah it would be it, it's probably an oral expulsive fixation but i don't know how it connects like i don't know just because two like liquids are like quickly leaving the body doesn't necessarily mean that they're related um i don't know maybe like you were raised, like, you were able to, like, breastfeed until you were, like, six, and no one ever told you to put your pants on in the house? Yeah. Sure. And now you have an explosive fantasy? I don't know. I, I think you've what? given a better answer, because no one else could answer it. And my favorite response was just, like, well, this was one what I expected to read on Reddit today. Um, So, maybe that. I don't know. I don't know have any readings or, like, sources for that, but it sounds like psychosexual stage fuckery so yeah so i'll I'll give you i'll give you something reasonable and this this could this could be a high note unless you want to to recommend something that is about suffering so which probably uh can you please recommend any books or authors uh just to be clear here i'm not asking for writers with psychological insight or curiosity like a number of, uh, of examples rather than actual modern practitioners and or academics i really like what i've read by like paul bloom for example also, I'm particularly interested in criminal psychology, but since I'm very careful about pseudoscience and even just pop psych, I've nearly just quit on trying to find anything really respectable in that realm, though I'm sure there's some pretty rigorous and respectable stuff out there so they academic uh kind of books or authors um and they seem to be just kind of open yeah um though they do say like like criminal psychology so i'll I'll read what the top rated comment is, but I'll let you answer for. It. I don't have any suggestions for criminal psych um I would say that uh, Tell Me What You Want by Justin lay is good. Um, there's a Seven Sins Revisited uh, monograph that just came out. It's pretty good. Um, it's like his 20th anniversary cool. book um, where he like revisits everything. I can't remember the author of Seven Sins. Do you remember? Oh, God, I know it. It's on the tip of my tongue and that's uh, and, blocking yeah um schachter i was gonna okay yeah, i was like because like schachter came to mind but i was like mixing it up again other one mixing mm. it up with like schachter and singer's research so those two were pretty good like those were like some good like, Sweet. contemporary yeah. examples it used to be fair if it's if it's psych it's if it's cognitive psych and it's memory it's probably schachter mm-hmm. probably or loftus mm-hmm yeah. does, loftus a, does loftus have a book i don't know i would assume she would but i've never like thought to look at it um so yeah those two i'd say for contemporary if you want some old school stuff um i really like uh right now i'm reading uh auto rank um what is it What's the book called actually it's over there i can't remember what it's called can you see it it's like it's not will to power truth. um truth something? oh truth Let's see. yeah i don't know i can't read from here truth and reality ah um which is basically like his uh he was like freud's little like protege mm-hmm. and uh he broke from freud um later in his life and like used Nietzschean principles to like redefine the ego as like not just like this like gap in your consciousness that's just like exists because there's a pool between the id and the superego but that it is actually its own entity and uh how if you were able to develop the ego then you can uh have like creative uh, experiences and start like making changes in the world in this uh, very like Nietzschean will to power sense, but um, what like his contribution to the field is that the subjectivity of truth and reality for clients is this is the book that kind of like first established that like you can't like prescribe truth and reality onto people because of differing ego development and like life experience. Cool, and so you have to take into consideration. Um, their own experiences and course of development in order to like tailor talk therapy to them seems reasonable which then developed into humanistic and person-centered therapy so this is like the first book but that that's that. that's why it seems reasonable yep yeah so okay cool auto rank is pretty cool um so yeah i'd suggest those three lay miller rank schachter good times i don't know if i'm reading anything that's not like i'm trying to read more like fiction Mm-hmm. Just to like, get my head out of like reading articles <laughs> for a little bit um i can't think of the last like big thing i read um i i'll use the example here if you are interested in something with criminal psychology um someone recommended stanton Samenow's book inside the criminal mind they said that he's currently updated it um with much more interim research from like some of the original stuff so it has been recently updated someone else i mentioned David buses the murderer next door, so like it's an evolutionary psych approach to why people sometimes just snap and kill other people. Um, probably a little more hypothetical, theoretical, um, though I don't know, bus is still like number one in evolutionary psych in the world, so mm-hmm. um, there is a really interesting um, subfield or subdiscipline of like criminal justice, which is critical criminology um and they are interested in like the socially constructed like aspects of crime um and like not necessarily crime in like the sense that like i actively do a crime against you Mm -hmm. but like they look at where like harm is and like in what ways does harm like get manifested and managed in society and so um they do a lot of stuff in like deviant leisure um, but they also do like some like highbrow stuff. So like they look at harm in, uh, ski resorts. Ooh. And like harm to the environment, harm to local uh-huh. populations, harm to people who participate in skiing. Um, and how that's all managed in order to continue to make money off of the harm that happens to different groups of people and things. Um, to keep it afloat. And there we are back to the status quo. Mm hmm. Suffering and harm. Suffering and harm truth and reality suffering and harm <laughs> so but cool. i would suggest critical criminology because it's it's very interesting to read um yeah particularly around deviant leisure um and mm-hmm. looking at like people who do uh like uh ghost tours and like graveyards and stuff and like is there a harm to like the families that you are yeah like gawking at the spectacle of their dead relatives oh that's fascinating mm-hmm it makes me rethink our, our plan to to go on a graveyard tour in New Orleans, right? No, like we we no. You're no. just like, no, I want to do it anyway. We're in late stage capitalism. That's true. We just yeah. need to enjoy it while it lasts before <laughs> we lose our coffee and 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 we're the ones in the graveyard yeah. that's being toured. Yeah. Party until the coffee runs out. Man, we better come up with some like like um imitation like like we've got all that like um you know imitation meat um uh, like impossible meat we need we need to come up with an impossible coffee soon mm-hmm. um oh boy huzzah end of the world yeah well so yeah so i mean i guess i guess to recap you know essential oil is not that bad um i mean like at face value but like how again how they're marketed and how they're presented and some of the claims that are being made definitely definitely a worry um and uh and yeah yeah go go and read about um <sighs> harm leisure <laughs> um yeah and so i, I guess on that note i uh, will say goodbye Alrighty, talk out y'all later